Growing up in Michigan, I was taught very simply that slavery was a terrible sin perpetrated by the South, ended by the Civil War, and then America was good again. Then I learned that in the 1960s, brave black people ensured their right to vote through incredible sacrifice, and then America was good again. It was always a distant problem created by other people way down south. Maybe you had a similar and limited education like that. Imagine my surprise when I moved to Maryland to learn that Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass lived and worked 40 minutes from where I lived. Imagine my surprise to hear people talk about enslaved ancestors who lived right down the road on the way to the grocery store. A woman who told me that her grandmother's grandmother was enslaved. Your grandmother's grandmother is someone that you might know stories about. It's not so far back. And so I came to love the story of Frederick Douglass, who lived and moved back to Washington. Historian Heather Cock Richardson writes about the day that he escaped from being enslaved. He was a skilled worker in the shipyards in Baltimore, enslaved but with a great amount of freedom, having only to turn over his wages to his enslaver. He was making some money for himself. He had fallen in love with the woman who would become his wife. And within the world of enslavement, this was an enviable position. This was as good as it got much better than the brutal work down south picking cotton. As Heather Cox Richardson says, this would have been enough for a lot of people. They would have thanked God for their blessings and stayed put. But for him, it wasn't enough. And he determined to step into a different future. Noah, too, could stay put. He could decide that he must be crazy thinking that God is telling him to build an ark. He could decide that he must be hearing voices or it's too big a job, or it's too much to put up with the ridicule of his neighbors, or this whole thing is just beyond belief. He could keep on with his life. This is one of the great flood myths from ancient cultures. So many different ancient civilizations have a story similar to this one. And so it's a teaching story to explain this terrible event. But even so, Noah has some wisdom for us. We know how the story ends. We get to all that next week with Sarah's preaching. But if we wait here in the middle with Noah, we can feel the upheaval, feel the turmoil, feel the uncertainty. Noah must imagine that God has something else in mind, but he can't see it. He can't tell what it's going to be. God is not offering any guarantees. Noah is in what wise people call the messy middle. You might know something about that. You're waiting for a relationship to resolve. You're waiting for chemo to end, for treatment to start working waiting for an upcoming surgery. You're waiting to know if a loved one will get better or not. Or you're watching as they decline, stuck in the pain of what's gone and yet not wanting it to be over. Maybe you know that you need a new job. 
but it's not clear what it would be. You're going to therapy and still things feel bad. You started recovery and now you're slogging through each day. You've left an abusive partner, you know it's for the best and still you miss them. This happens at work too when it's never clear how something will turn out, how a school year will go, if students will improve, if a staff member will rise to the occasion. And the church is always, always, always in the messy middle of something. We listen to God's leading and try something, never sure if we've heard right or not. Sometimes God will bless the stupidest idea and bring it to life, and other times the best laid plans don't work out at all. Or something bears fruit years later after growing out of sight. This week, Sarah posted an interesting Facebook question, and many of you answered speaking about people who welcomed you to this church when you came. So many of those stories were so long ago, and that welcome is still bearing fruit. Often it's years ago, and the story is still unfolding. And so Noah, wacky Noah, is willing to step into the messy middle and take a chance on God's instruction to load up his family and all these animals and go. Even when we don't take the story literally, it's nuts. In that same strange, uncertain way, Frederick Douglass devised his plan to escape. Working in the shipyards, he met a sailor whose papers would work for him if the white person looking didn't look too closely. Risking his freedom, the sailor lent Frederick Douglass the papers. And one day after work, instead of going home, he went to the train yard, boarded the train from Baltimore, and headed north. Heather Cox Richardson says, to escape, all Douglas had to do was board the train. If he were lucky and the railroad conductor didn't catch him, if no one recognized him and called him out, he could be free. And if he were caught, it would mean his death. She adds, to me, his decision to step aboard the train is everything. How many of us would take that risk, knowing that even in the best case, you have to build a new life, far away from everyone you know, with such a little step, such an easy step, except it meant the difference between life and death, between a forgotten shipyard worker and America's champion of liberty. And she says, when the day comes that you have to choose, step on the train. Following God, even in our everyday lives, even with much smaller stakes, takes a lot of courage, more than we give ourselves credit for. With God, there is always another chapter after the messy middle. In fact, most of life is the messy middle. We leave that part out when we tell the story. We start with the beginning, we skip to the end, we tell of the triumph or the failure, and we leave out the uncertainty, the stress, the sleepless nights, the self-doubt. We leave out the pain and the uncertainty. We leave out the brave steps that we took 
and the hard work that we did. And when we tell the story without the messy middle, we miss the parts where God held us together, where we leaned on each other. We miss the parts where we thought we would break, and we did not. We skip over how God showed up in all those unexpected ways. And so God invites us to step onto the train, to build the boat, to try out for the play or the orchestra or the team, to get into recovery, to press on in therapy, to take a chance on the church, to work for justice in the community, ask the person to marry you, reach out for the new job, step into the messy middle, because God is there, and that is the history worth telling. In Jesus' name, amen.